to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullick. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Fullick. Welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fullick, and as always, we like to talk about things related to disaster recovery, business continuity, COVID, well-being, climate change, anything that helps you, your organization, or your community prepare for, respond to, and overcome adverse situations. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please feel free. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Alex Fullick there. I'm really easy to find, and I do respond to everything I get. I do have one other announcement. I will be speaking at the Continuity Insights Conference in Louisville, Kentucky, April 25th to 27th. And uh, if you see me there, please feel free to come up and say hi, and maybe I'll twist your arm and get you to come on the show. For a while now, I've been saying that uh, with the BCI conferences this year, BCI World and BCI Horizons, that uh, I hope to be able to get some of those speakers to come on the show and talk about their topics or something else that they want us to talk about. And today I'm lucky enough to have one of those people. Speaking on the topic of effects of climate change on organizational resilience, when will it be on the board's agenda? I'd like to welcome to the show, Panaki Baduri. Welcome, Panaki. Hi, Alex. It is always a pleasure hearing you, seeing you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's early in the morning here, but I know it's uh, you know, later in the day where you are. Yeah, it's almost evening here in Abu Dhabi. Oh, Abu Dhabi. I just had someone else in Abu Dhabi. Uh, my 6 a.m. interview this morning was calling from Abu Dhabi. How, how about that? Two people from the <laughs> same place. <laughs> Abu Dhabi has been an happening place as well. There has been a lot of tractions in this field, in business continuity, in this region, and being one of the primary driver force in uh, oil and gas industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of tractions happening in business continuity areas, climate change. Well, before we jump into that, now I know I've read your, your biography and we've had a little bit of a chat and some comments back and forth through email. Can you take a minute or two to tell us about yourself, what you do and how you got into what you do? Well, uh, I have uh, around 16 years of professional experience with two of the big polls and IBM. And currently I'm working with uh, Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, which is a semi-government institute here in uh, based out of UAE. Uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, my work is into I, IT audits, industrial control systems, business continuity reviews. Uh, with respect to business continuity, I have been as a consultant, as a uh, uh, implementer for last couple of years, working across various geographies uh, with various industries as well. I have been a member of BCI Institute for a couple of years, uh, working with them uh, very closely. And incidentally, this year, I have an opportunity of speaking, speaking on this climate change subject. Oh, well, welcome. And I'm glad uh, that you're going to share your expertise and time with us today. Yeah. I so, also- 
So the first thing I wanted to uh, talk about is because uh, oil and gas uh, companies that you talked about, how are various industries repositioning themselves to consider the effects of climate change? Well, uh, if you see oil and gas industry uh, have been the major driver of world economy for last hundred years and incidentally being the driver force of uh, the global economy, it had been always uh, been uh, a major polluter. So across whether in terms of greenhouse gases or whether in terms of oil spillage across various regions, uh, for example, if you consider the Niger Delta Belt, in Nigeria, there have been uh, spillage that have happened across, and that has been done by various companies, global companies, uh, and which ruined basically uh, the oil, uh, the water, water, uh, fresh water systems across that region. And this is only one of the examples. There have been various incidents of spillage, uh, uh, pollution because of uh, use of sulfur in uh, oil and gas, especially in the uh, diesel industry, uh, diesel uh, as a component. However, if you have, if you see the traction, there's a change that is happening in these companies. Uh, incidentally, uh, one of the major driver was COP, uh, the Paris Treaty. Mm-hmm. Where uh, for after the Paris Treaty, people just woke up from the sleep, it seems. Uh, especially oil and gas industries, because uh, they are seeing, because of the regulations and the commitment every government, especially their clients have, and the client's government has done, uh, there have been changes in terms of the products. Say, for example, there have been a lot of tractions that is happening on the hydrogen as a product, which earlier was not there. The content, because of regulatory requirements, uh, sulfur, which was one of the uh, content in your fuels uh, or lead, which was one of the content in your fuels have reduced. And especially in the shipping industry, they have been made a mandatory not to use uh, or uh, especially pose penalties uh, when you are using uh, sulfur in your fuels, shipping fuel in uh, fuels. So this type of tractions are coming up slowly. And if you see the last uh, over say three, four years, uh, major oil companies, which were, uh, means if you say the big boys in this field, BP, Shell, or anywhere you speak, they are focusing, I mean, they are now no longer called as oil companies. They are called as energy companies. They are putting their money whole and soul in renewable energies. They are, they are going into greenfield projects for large scale solar uh, solar implementation, solar parks, uh, offshore, uh, earlier it was offshore fields, oil fields, but uh, now they are going into offshore wind farms, mm-hmm. which, is, which is drastic. And uh, given the recent uh, commitments, again, and there will be a lot of changes, this will be coming in next two to five years because of the commitment which in 20, COP26 uh, various governments have given. All government and it's across means if you have to understand over 200 countries has come and every country has given some commitment in terms of reducing their carbon footprints in terms of and it's a legal binding and accordingly this will have an effect on the various companies in terms of their products, their supply chain and everything. 
new products and new supplies will be uh, new products will be developed uh, i mean the existing products slowly and slowly will be eradicated from the market and this is and, and that's a that's a revolutionary change but on the other hand also you have to see that um, while this is a commitment that is coming up the other part of the thing is still there are some areas where this climate denial mode is still on there are there are lobbies there are groups which are still pitching for uh, renew, uh i mean uh, more and more fields to be uh, discovered uh, more and more drillings to be done which is quite a detrimental to the entire effect well, yeah, because <clears throat> as, you, as you were talking, I was thinking, well, if these companies are changing their name to you know, energy, they're focusing on renewable fuels, wind, solar, etc. Why are we still seeing then new oil rigs and you know the challenges that come with them? Well, uh, if you see the tractions that have been happening, it's happening for last almost, uh, I would say, end of 2016 onwards these changes have been happening. And it is majorly driven by the uh, big boys, the, uh, the major players in this industry, but the track, but there are still companies, there are still, and that's why this discussion is happening that when climate change will be in every company's board agenda, it's not only the responsibility of oil and gas industry is across uh, automobiles, it's across weight, even even say for example the technology IT companies which are which have robust and big data centers they use day and day out they are also a lot of energies it's not you cannot I mean oil and gas as we understand we come from that industry uh, have been up uh, forefront on 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 uh, on this climate change effect because of the greenhouse because of the nature of the product they come but. Say for example, airlines industry across the globe, uh, it's almost like two to three percent of all the greenhouse gas emissions across the globe, or more than that, I would say, uh, as per my uh, studies, that uh, uh, has contributed to the, the climate change. I mean, and uh, and but we don't don't do not consider that as a factor. It is, it is not only the oil and gas industry, it's across every industry. This agenda should be in everybody's mind, everyone's from the workers to the sea level people, that mm. what is the product's effect on climate change? And then only this change will happen. And I think uh, every year, even, even say, for example, I will give you a classic example. Uh, Middle East, if you consider, is one of the world's energy provider in terms of oil and gas. But if you see COP27 is happening in Egypt, COP28 is happening in Dubai. I mean, uh, you, you, you understand that the, 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 the energy industry or the backbone of this country was always an oil dependent. In those places when this movement is happening of climate change and its effect, then yes, people are trying to wake up from the sleep and trying to take it notice. But it is it is it has just started. It's this journey has started. We should not stop here. Well, <clears throat> with climate change, I, I can only assume it's going to be a long journey. 
you know, so that that means a long path uh, of change and adaptation to, to things, which leads me to our, our next point that we're going to talk about, or what are some of the challenges with adopting some of these changes, you know, and, and uh, making change happen? Well, uh, in terms of challenges, it's, it's like, uh, you have to understand that climate change uh, is, is a contribution of not only industries or it's a contribution of 6 billion people. We, we uh, if you see man's, uh, mankind's history over 10,000 years, uh, since the first man, the caveman uh, started his journey. And now uh, the amount of uh, energy consumption, amount of uh, effect on climate, that has happened only over the last 100 years. Means man has evolu uh, uh, the evolution of man took place over 10,000 years. And it took only 150 years to destroy this entire climate. Today we are at, at a, such a verge that maybe if we are not taking drastic measures, if we are not taking uh, steps to uh, basically change our way of living, then it will be an existential threat. In some cases, this has already started. For example, if you see uh, the Gangetic Plains of Bangladesh, which is one of the poorest countries, there in the Gangetic, uh, I mean, uh, in the Sundarbans area, which is the Delta region, there are a lot of islands which are already getting submerged. So is that thing happening in Pacific? And there is always, there is a already migration of people happening from those places to the cities. Means uh, people are moving inwards towards the capital city of Dhaka. And maybe, maybe if you are not able to control this uh, right now with drastic measures, uh, today what we are seeing in Europe and in parts of US, the migration which is happening from uh, because of the economic reason, tomorrow it might be a climate change region because the, the places, the inhabitants uh, where those people will be moving will be totally destroyed. So this so, is one of Go ahead. So this is one of the major thing people have to realize that it's individual's responsibility. It's not only company's responsibility. That's where I was going. I was going to ask. So it's it's a mind shift, not just for corporate leaderships and what they're they're doing with their organizations and uh, industries, but on an individual level, we have to take responsibility and start making changes, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you have to think in this way, it's like, uh, it's the have and have nots rather than the rich and the poor. Say for example, if you, if you are having two SUVs at your home for your daily use, and if I have a single uh, normal sedan, both are contributing to uh, the climate change, but you're having two more, uh, two more vehicles you contribute more and you have to be more cautious every day. I mean, people people for business reasons uh, use, uh, means, uh, there are people's maybe 1% of global population use uh, private jets. I mean, uh, uh, for traveling across for business reasons, but you, you have to understand that the amount of 
carbon footprints they are bringing on the table is it justified when you compare to a person in in a country like bangladesh who is using uh, firewood to uh, to make his food you cannot compare both the it's not logically comparable mm -hmm. so to have a comparison between the haves and have nots how much you you are affordable and the this the tragedy part of it is the people who are means have who are cannot can afford still have the measures to maybe adapt to some extent of the changes it will happen across everybody the climate change effect will happen but people who are much more affluent they can still have that uh, means have a mitigation mitigating measures however i mean uh, if you compare the poor poor people they will be the most affected mm -hmm. now so, uh, about the mitigation uh, steps you you kind of mentioned that <clears throat> a lot of organizations uh, adapt the wrong mitigation steps or don't even implement mitigation steps can you talk about that a little bit more see the uh, see the thing is uh, first of all climate change is a reality that needs to be come on everybody's every, i mean every organization's agenda i mean uh, first of all that is not there that awareness itself is not there very few uh, industry actually has imbibed it and it is being driven from the top accordingly uh, they have been shifting their products lines their service lines to make it much more greener effect they are, they are trying to reduce the net effect on the climate change however on any other pretext this is not happening that uh, first of all the awareness is not there secondly even if they are taking measures those measures are not going to last for longer say i'll give you one example uh one of the one of the in us one of the uh, especially you see the gulf coast uh, where lot of oil refineries are there one of the proposals was to build a wall because gulf coast is one of the uh, places which are vulnerable to uh, tornadoes and uh, especially uh, category 3 or uh, type of uh, tornadoes and other uh, natural hurricanes and other disasters and every year they create havoc It means millions of millions of dollars uh, uh, are getting wasted uh, in terms of affecting the industry affecting the local population uh, and this is happening in in a continuous basis and over the years this trend will go up if the climate change is happening in a way we are predicting the mitigation action what that has been proposed is to build a wall uh, the challenge that is by the environmentalists is that if you build a wall across to prevent the refineries and also the local population the uh, the erosion will happen in drastic way across the coast and that effect will be much more detrimental so mm -hmm. even i am not a scientist i can i whatever uh, journals i can read i can tell you but if this is the measure which we are thinking then these measures are not even i mean these are like if you have a cancer and you put a bandaid on it 
will that uh, work? <clears throat> it will not work. Yeah. So, so uh, you have. Go ahead. So you have to think. Uh, means you have to think your measures logically, which, uh, which will have a longer term effect. For example, uh, means uh, one of the things that is happening is moving into alternative source of energies. Say, uh, uh, which we are now thinking, of, for example, the lithium iron batteries and all those things, which is a great initiative. However, the challenge you will see is the deposits that are happening for this lithium in the parts of the world where uh, the regimes and the governments that have uh, used this thing as a political tool. So whenever you have a problem with the countries where you, uh, which are importing this uh, ores, you use this as a weapon to twist your uh, decisions. You, it has happened in the past and it is going to happen in the future. So imagine you are establishing a supply chain there. You have a vendor you are setting up there from those countries where you have a child labor problem, where you have uh, uh, deposits which are not controlled, which are controlled by regimes, which are not, which do not have any democratic system. Then in those cases, how do you expect that your supply chain will, will work through? So this type of questioning should be on the, uh, I mean, uh, board's ERM agenda, board's uh, decision-making agenda. That yes, this is if this is my alternative. Will this alternative work on this situation? Because see the trend in the past. So this type of thinking should happen. One of the things you you touched on that uh, you know I I couldn't help but think was you know building a wall to stop the ocean. Well, the only way uh, let's use. Um, the UK is an example. The only way you're going to stop water from encroaching on the UK by building a wall is to literally build a wall around the entire island. Because right. water, water always finds a way in, you know, uh, whether it be someone's house, you know, a river, uh, overflowing yeah. river banks, it always finds a way. Absolutely. If you see in that way, one of the classic clay case example is the Dutch. I mean, uh, the Netherlands, which means almost half of the country is below the sea level. And instead of stopping the sea, they have adapted their life around the sea. Means they have built houses which can float on water. You have to think on those innovation terms as to how you can use the changing climate in your benefit. Mm -hmm. Rather, means last hundreds, hundred years we have been fighting uh, with the uh, nature and thinking that with science we'll be able to control it. But mother nature did not allow us. We had still failed. So Mother nature always wins. <laughs> ultimately, all, all, uh, she will win. So we have to adapt things which will be assisting these changes in our favor rather than using those controls as a to cause much more harm. Mm -hmm. That is what I drive. And on that note, we've come to the end of our first segment. We are talking with Panaki Baduri on effects of climate change on organizational resilience, and we will be right back.
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. Today we are talking with Panaki Baduri, and we are talking about effects of climate change on organizational resilience. Panaki, lots of great information. Obviously, you're quite passionate about climate change. Uh, and, and business continuity and resilience. And I'm just wondering how we need to um, adjust or change some of our uh, BCM and resilience strategies to address climate change. How do we do, what should we do? What are our considerations? Well, uh, if you see the globalization that has happened for uh, the last 20, 30 years, uh, Bigger companies, uh, I mean, I across the board have set up their operations in various parts of the world. And uh, one of the primary considerations was, was cheap labor cost and all those things. I'm not going into those details. However, imagine a situation, uh, you have uh, operations, your uh, global IT delivery center is situated in some part of the world where uh, means Almost six months, uh, those areas are affected by uh, severe uh, floods, severe uh, cyclones. And it's uh, and that intensity over the years you have been noticing is going up and up. And uh, because of that, there, there is always, uh, uh, you have to always raise your business continuity plans uh, in ready. And it's an event. It's an annual uh, process. Every year, you your some of your operations get affected, uh, your uh, supply chains get affected, uh, and also uh, there are losses happening in terms of destruction of properties. Maybe unfortunate reasons you might have a loss of life as well. Mm-hmm. So in that case, uh, you have to rethink those uh, operations. So we. If I am going to establish an operations area in a place where this type of uh, climate change effects are slowly and slowly becoming more precarious, I mean, its intensity is going up. Do I want to set up those operations center there where, uh, where I know that this is going to get affected every year, some losses or the either uh, my operation losses will happen, there'll be delay in supplies, my vendors and customers are getting affected. So this 
this you have to factor in when you will be making your next step in deciding the uh, your uh, your uh, next uh, global delivery centers also uh, now people have lot of lot of people have moved on to lot of customers have moved on to cloud however those uh, customers who are still uh, keeping up their data centers uh, in places uh, where those are on the floodplains and there have been incident in the past uh, where you have seen that a data enter data center got uh, flooded and boom means your operations goes haywire within a uh, couple of days and means uh, or or your uh, or another factor is your service provider say for for example you are having your uh, you might not be having your uh, core operations uh, with uh, in it or you have taken internet services now uh, your internet service provider has their data centers kept in some place which is prone to flood so those factors when you will be deciding on the next step when you will be putting on to the next contract with this service providers vendors ask them the question are your places safe in terms of getting flooded what is the impact of uh, climate change happening are they have a climate change in their business continuity plan are they thinking on those lines should be your question that you would be asking them because in most of the cases and i have seen in surveys that has happened and uh, during my talks at the bci uh, global event there have been lot of speakers who have said that business continuity with respect to climate change is still not in their business continuity plan it's not in their business impact analysis document even in in their risk assessment document yes they consider something as a superficial thing like say for example effect of fire or uh, if is my uh, building prone to uh, dust storms or building prone to weather change by uh, means rains but that is not a holistic thing means you you have to understand that uh, the climate change effect is going to go increase over the years today if you see in india uh, i mean when we were uh, in our school and college days we have seen uh, means in this part of the uh, uh, year hardly there were rains i mean uh, only only few places around chennai used to have rains however now it is affecting the entire uh, region there are a lot of the frequency of uh, storms frequency of high intensity storms are coming up and this is not only stuck in india you see china you see philippines you see us even europe the amount of amount of rains and flood this time it happened in germany Uh, parts of uh, belgium and uh, austria and it was devastating they never even imagined those scale of uh, disaster so when any company who will be planning on this uh, with their new operation center or revisiting their plans we uh, uh, ensure that you have this consideration of climate change in your thoughts put them in your agenda otherwise you can ignore it today but tomorrow you have to be extremely heavy price and not right. only that yeah uh, cuz what what i what i think some people think is 
We'll, we may have a partner. You mentioned India getting rains and storms and you know typhoons and that. Now, my company, let's say here where I work right now, <clears throat> I'm doing everything I can maybe to protect myself. Oh, to protect myself, I'll work with a data center that's, um, and one of your examples, India. But I won't ask the question, oh, by the way, in India, do you get affected by storms? You know, how, how um, uh, vulnerable are you to, you know, tsunamis or anything like that? Because I'm just looking at myself. And uh, to your point, I think what you're saying is a lot of organizations need to see beyond just their own walls. They've got to look literally globally and find right. out. Yeah, go ahead. And, and not only that, one of the things that is going to happen is your, I mean, insurance cost which is will be going will be rising because going forward a lot of insurance companies will be considering the effect of climate change because uh, every year if they have to uh, i mean your premiums are going to go up because if you have not considered those in your plans and every year you are claiming the damages certainly those companies will start waking up and say hey where is your plan on uh, this area why you have chosen an area which is always prone to this type of disaster and why should we pay it? So yeah. those uncomfortable questions are going to start up. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I was talking with someone just the other day and they happened to say that same point that anytime now insurance companies are going to start waking up because obviously they weren't making any money or they lost a lot of money as a co resulting from COVID. So they're going to start asking some of these harder questions down the road. And I think a lot of people are going to have to uh, take a look at themselves and find out what those answers are going to be. Right. Respond. And uh, you, you have to see that uh, COVID was something, uh, was a global phenomenon. And its effects till now, we all are feeling it. But uh, one thing that is coming up means which we all have might have uh, forgotten by now was a uh, few years back around 2015 2016 there was ebola crisis across the uh, that happened in africa and it got spread it across the globe though at that point it was uh, it came into live light but with covid it died down the thing is uh, with climate change you will see all these types of disease, those diseases which are predominantly stuck in a tropical region of the world because of the climate change, warm climate, earth getting warmer. This type of disease you will find in the temperate zone also in uh, parts of Europe, parts of US and uh, in, I mean, it, it will not be stuck to one poorer place in Africa. This thing and because of the global mobility, people moving uh, hops uh, today from one part of the world in few hours, this type of transmittable disease will start spreading up. So mm -hmm. it also have an effect on your entire planning. Your, I mean, uh, every company I understand is a major company always have a human resource BCP. Yeah. So those, I mean, those effect of disease, effect of disease on, uh, because related to climate change will happen on those parts of the world. 
say for example malaria in some cases it, which was stuck to say parts of tropical regions in uh, africa and asia maybe those things would be moving up to europe where we have already eradicated so and this is all because of climate change this this is going to happen all because of climate change and they that will have a massive impact on uh, every company uh, country's gdp and it will also have effect say for example if you are if you are going to have an operations in parts of the world which are affected by this type of disease will you think on you, you will always think twice so and accordingly your uh, employee employee insurance plans will also jack up that will add cost to the company Yeah. So when when you will be designing your business continuity plan, we'll be reviewing your business continuity plan next time. You have to consider all these effects: effects of disease because of climate change, effects of your suppliers because of climate change, effects of your global operations centers because of climate change, effects of your products and services because of because of. So you have to understand that entire piece lies how your top management is driven. seeing climate the importance of climate change that is what we are trying to stress mhm mm i i agree you know we we got to start looking at things a little differently and expanding our scope of what could happen now you also talk uh, cuz we only have half a uh, half our last segment left but you also talk about an interesting topic that uh, i've been started to get interested in as well is esg Now, what is ESG? What's it stand for? And can you talk talk about that? ESG actually stand for Environment, Sustainability, and Governance. So, if I do a comparison of two things, say for example, in IT world, we say that how important is cybersecurity for an organization? It's it's among the top priority in any organization, any consulting firm you take in the world. So, is the ESG, which is going, which is already in process. and which is going to be the next big thing where every company is going to get measured on so say for example environment if i say how is your products and your services aligned to the to the environment how green are your products i mean if you if you if you develop a liter of petrol or if you if you develop an aeroplane each of those ingredients how means in order to develop that how much energy you are consuming how you are handling your waste how you are means basically how you are giving back to nature how sustainable is your product the sustainability also looks at not only from the products uh, uh, point of view from the services point of view means is your product which or your offerings such that it will uh it will have a long lasting effect on uh the society say for example uh will 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 it affect the way we live on today and it will going to affect something it's not like it's it's like uh using the resources today it should not affect your next future generations you have that is what the essence that drives on also one of the things that comes into this picture is how we, as a company your social responsibility lies say for example you are having your 
products uh, garment factories based out of uh, bangladesh so how are the label laws treating yourselves or uh, or say for example in any other parts of the world where uh, say for example they use child labor for mining mm -hmm. so do are you going to do business with them or say for example any company uh, which does not give credentials to lgbt so in those cases those are the those will be your measuring criteria and accordingly means earlier we used to consider when we started our jobs we uh, these companies used to get measured on how ethical they were in terms of whether they had any uh, i mean any fraud cases and all those things into factor but those things are already taken care but over the times how is your governance in terms of these things like it, as a corporate uh, how is your social corporate social responsibility rise how say for example uh, the emissions which you are doing as a company how effectively you are declaring that and accordingly means how whether whether uh, your uh, whether whatever you are declaring are into spirit or is there anything that is hidden between the carpets so your entire uh, measurement of any company's uh, image portfolio everything is going to measure on these three terms which is environment sustainability and uh, governance so who sets those measurements though because we talked about business continuity asking questions about you know how asking questions of, of partners and vendors you know how susceptible you are to um, floods in India or storms in the US you know so that's kind of a bottom pushing up but should what some of this ESG be at the board level to to determine yes it will see all these things will uh, be I believe there there should be a drastic change in the organization structure that is required to drive the ESG it will be like somebody at so, so if you see the organization level uh, currently the role of chief auditor how he is he reports to the uh, ceo but he also reports to the board a similar structure like corporate sustainability officer should be in place whose functional responsibility reporting might be lies with uh, the ceo but ultimately his whole and sole responsibility will be lies with the board that much powerful he should be to drive all these things and I means it's like the chief audit executive the way how powerful he is chief sustainability officer should be that powerful that much reach you know to drive all these things say for example effect of climate change effect of your product how green are it, it means if he, if say for example uh, uh, your company uh, declares my product is green, okay, and it is being declared by somebody who reports to the CEO. Then obviously there is a chance that the conflict of interest might rise unless you make that particular function independent. So those type of thinking should come right now in order to drive all these important matters. Because at the end, any company's success, because uh, you have to see that these things, the sustainability, environment change, uh, your 
corporate social responsibility all these things is is not like something which you are implementing today and you are going off this has a long term ramification your measurement will be not on based on the basis of your earning potentials or your, how good your product might be your your measurement will be only on how is your effect on the entire ecosystem means ecology environment people technology this entire ecosystem on that only you will be measured going forward and to do that a very powerful position needs to be created in every organization who will drive this who will be independent in nature well that's we've only got uh, about 3 minutes left um but a, a quick thought i think if you're a good corporate citizen and you are focusing on esg and climate change and some of these uh, so, social responsibility items that will give you a good reputation and your products and services will sell better because people right. trust you right but we right. as i said we have less than 3 minutes uh, just a couple of minutes left do you have any final comments or thoughts you'd like to convey the thought which i like to convey is uh, climate change is happening it's a reality and it is not only restricted the change is not only restricted to only a the responsibility lies with the 6 billion people who uh, who is residing on this planet each has his own role to play in terms of business continuity you have to revisit your business continuity plan in by whatever the changes that are coming in first understand that this is a requirement drive this requirement at the sea level from the sea level you have to drive it and accordingly revisit your business continuity plan revisit your business continuity strategies and accordingly revisit your products and services for a better environment that is the only thing i can say that's true because you you may be introducing new things that are quote unquote green you know and environmental friendly but that doesn't mean you don't have something else on the shelf that needs to be revisited and maybe taken off the shelf because it's not environmentally friendly absolutely Well, on that note, we've come to the end of the show. Uh, Panaki, thank you so much. Obviously, uh, climate change is a big passion uh, of yours, and uh, resilience and business continuity, and how this all works together. I really appreciate you reaching out and being on the show. I hope people are really listening. Climate change is, as you say, affecting everyone, so everyone has to listen. It can't just be a topic for, you know, one person in the boardroom. It's a topic for everyone, everywhere. Thank you thank you Alex it was always a pleasure talking to you Thank you and like I said thanks for reaching out and if there's another uh, topic please feel free reach out come back and we'll uh, we'll get you on and we'll talk about it here as well So thank you again and thank to everyone you. listening and watching stay prepared everybody Thank you for joining us for preparing for the unexpected Please tune in for another edition featuring your host Alex Bullock next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific time and 1 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week.